Lazy Person's Book Club presents... You can blame it on the season, blame it on the weather, oh, blame it for no reason, on a feather... Blame it on Hoboken! It's the funny, music-fueled, modern love story with a touch of mystery set in Frank Sinatra's hometown. You can blame it on the game, blame it on the battle, oh, blame it on my name, it doesn't matter... Today's episode, The Leap. Previously on Blame It on Hoboken... New York City tour guide Carolyn Cates is taking the five steps to love with heartbroken furniture salesman Ned Allen on the advice of her pushy Hoboken, New Jersey matchmaker, Jimmy Foss. But when Jimmy goes missing, Carolyn's search for love takes a turn. We join Carolyn now at Ned Allen's parents' house in the suburbs just north of Manhattan. You can do it, Carolyn told herself as she walked up to the Allen's front door. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Okay, the worst thing that can happen is really bad. But what are the chances of that happening? Okay, the chances are pretty big. But nothing will happen if I do nothing, and I need something to happen fast. Hey there, Carolyn. Carolyn leaned in to give Ned a hug. He stepped back into the foyer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Ned's sisters, Malin and Fallon, Hi. were setting out platters of delicious smelling food in the kitchen. I hope you like DIY dinners. It's make your own quesadilla night. Step right up. Don't be shy. The Allen sisters' motto is, taste everything you can. Hey, you okay with al fresco? Who's al fresco? Little Allie, the youngest Allen, had entered the kitchen and was arranging his plate with spoons full of everything. Al fresco? Oh, he's a figure of speech. I'm fine with whatever he does, as long as he doesn't eat all the jalapenos. The adults spent the meal catching up. Ned described his latest trip to a roundtable conference in Illinois. What was the topic, son? Uh, Round tables. People in our industry are pretty literal, but it was pretty interesting stuff. Apparently, round is the new square. Carolyn smiled at the word square. Ned intercepted the smile and sent one back to her across the table. Carolyn's heart leaped a little. The chances were, well, less than 50-50, she reminded herself. Don't get your hopes up. How is life in the tour biz, Carolyn? I'm trying to find a landmark that will inspire a pop song. Couldn't they just hire someone to write the song? I mean, I want a loaf of bread, I go to the bakery, or maybe I bake one, but I don't hire a tour guide. That makes no sense. No offense. Would you please let the girl talk? You, I hear every day. Her? Even if she's talking crazy, I mean, Carolyn's our guest. Go, go ahead, ahead dear. dear. I admit it sounds like a strange idea, but it has a precedent. You know the song, Arrow of Love? We, we love, love that, that song. song. Me too. Not big on modern pop, but it has a certain something. That's what Righteous Records wants for their new song, only bigger. Arrow of Love was inspired by a local site, so they figure... Lightning will strike twice? Yes, but in two different places. Yeah, good luck with that. I could use a little luck right now. And how was your day, little Allie? I went to school. It was fine. We learned stuff. So can we have dessert now? We're having pie. I really like pie. Me too. Allie, I'll tell you what. You can eat your pie while you do your homework. And the rest of us will leave Uncle Ned and Aunt Carolyn to uh, get reacquainted. That's subtle. Who needs subtle? 
I just need to give them some time alone. It's romantic. I can't argue with that. For once. Want to help me do the dishes? You got it. Okay. Would you like a tour of the family garden? Ooh, I'd love one. The Allen family garden is divided into three parts. The first part's a flower garden. That's Malin's project. The vegetable garden is my mother's project. The third part's a compost garden run by worms. Could this be your father's project? That's 100% right. Alan Allen's hobby was worms. Carolyn knew that from leading his birthday tour, which is where she'd met Ned, thanks to Jimmy, who was now missing thanks to her. Speaking of right, you see those triangular wooden frames on Malin's flower bed? Did you know that the angles opposite two sides of an isosceles triangle are equal, but all of them are less than right angles? Wow, um, I'm not sure I did. Yeah, it's one of Euclid's theories. It's called the isosceles triangle theory. Euclid postulated it thousands of years ago, and it's 100% right. Seriously, you could bet on the rightness of the isosceles triangle theory, and you'd win the bet every time. Now, you may be wondering, why am I talking about Euclid in your family's garden? I mean, it's a pretty strange thing to do, I admit. It's not that strange, really. I've, I've always liked math. And I work with it every day, so I guess it's not an unusual topic. You really don't think it's strange to talk about Euclid under a star-filled sky with the scent of new roses in the air? You think I'm being normal here? Sure. Why not? Because I'm not being normal. You're being polite. And I appreciate that. I do. But let's be honest here, okay? We need to be honest. All this talk about... Right angle sounds nutty, or at least out of the blue. I know that. It's just that we need to talk about... About us? Yes. Yes, we need to talk about us. But not in a bad way. But first, we need to talk about Euclid. He was a genius, but his genius was practical, you know? Things we take for granted today were things he figured out, like the shortest distance between two points is a line. He was a tour guide of practical math. But what does that have to do with you and me? Euclid had another theory. Actually, he had a ton of theories, but this is the one I want to talk about. It's Euclid's theory of perfect numbers, and we're the variables in it. All we have to do is follow the formula, and everything's going to be okay. You've lost me. I don't want to lose you. And so, in the Allen's garden... Under a starlit sky, amid the scent of new roses, Carolyn Cates told Ned Allen everything she knew about Euclid's proof of love. She told him how she'd discovered the proof in the back of her high school yearbook on the night her ex-boyfriend William had left her for Lila Alice Firstmeyer. Firstmeyer Foundation Firstmeyer? Your ex is a lucky guy. I, I mean, sorry. Anyway, back to Euclid. You found a proof of his in your high school yearbook? It wasn't just a proof. It was the proof of perfect numbers, and it just didn't apply to math. It's a roadmap to love. Carolyn told Ned about Euclid's proof of perfect numbers and how it applied to her and him and love and... So, you're the prime? I'm 31. And love's the perfect number? Correct. So who's the square? Oh, come on. 
your parents said I was odd, and thanks to that, I've been feeling cool for the first time in my life. That's the point. In Euclid's world, being a square is cool. In fact, it means you're perfect. You're one in 12 million. Things don't get cooler than that. I sell things for a living, Carolyn. You can't sell a seller on something that isn't true. Everything I'm saying is 100% true. And I think you'll agree, the way we met is not your average boy meets girl story. She told Ned how she tried to find a truly square man on her own and how, with one month left to go, she'd met a matchmaker named Jimmy Foss at a Sinatra impersonators club in Hoboken. Back up for a second. Could you... You met a matchmaker in a Sinatra impersonators club? I didn't even know you liked Sinatra. Oh, I didn't. And I was there on business, but now I do. So trust me, Jimmy is the best. And when he saw you at your dad's birthday tour, he knew you were the square we've been looking for. Part of me feels I should be offended, but it's not too bad being called perfect. That's Euclid's point exactly. Being a square is a great thing to be when you join forces with the right variable. And in your case, that's me. You see? Prime and square. Put us together and you get perfection. Our meeting may seem random, but in Euclid's eyes, we're a proven combination. And if we team up, we can't fail. Mathematically. Romantically. I apologize for keeping this from you till now, but we had to take the five steps to love after we met. Did Euclid say that in his proof? Mm, Jimmy Foss said it in the subway. To find true love, he said, we'd have to do something, give something, take something, and make something. It sounded crazy. And I told him that, but for the last three weeks, we've been taking the steps one at a time. When we went on our first date, we did something. And remember how you said you'd gotten some of my confidence on our second date? Yeah. That was step two. Step three was to take a leap, which you did when I took that photo of you at the Botanic Gardens. Step four, make something. We took that step when my parents made you feel like a rebel by being normal. You said there were five steps. So what's step five? The first four are perfectly fun. How bad could the fifth step be? We have to lose something we don't want to lose. Actually, that's pretty bad. Carolyn told Ned everything about how she tried to reunite Jimmy with his family and how he disappeared. She told him about her visit to the Friends of Frank's Club and the broken record shard and the song she'd sung on the Frank's stage. She told him about hiding three of Jimmy's childhood photos at her three favorite landmarks and the webpage that Wendy had created and how none of these things, not the song, not the photographs, not the webpage, had done what they were supposed to do. She told Ned about her deadline and how much she loved his taking the five steps to love with her. And how sorry she was to have kept him in the dark about, well, everything. Jimmy, the steps, being a square to her prime. And she told with all her heart what a wonderful man he was. I think you're pretty great, too. Crazy. But great. I like that. I like you, too. I don't know how to say this, but... I don't know. Me, too. So, here we are. Here we are. What's our next step? Ned Allen, would you like to get married? And then she told him why. Wow, this is kind of sudden. Not to mention crazy. 
the old me would have said no, but one of the things I love about you is the way you make me say yes to the strangest things. We'd be taking a leap. We would. There's no one I'd rather take this kind of leap with than you. The stars winked above them. The roses bloomed beside them. The worms dug below. Carolyn Cates, tour guide, confidence giver, will you take this next leap with me? Yes, Ned. I will. Hey, everybody! Guess what I just heard? Uncle Ned's getting married! It was a crazy plan. Ned's family agreed. And we couldn't be happier about it, son. A wedding will change your life. Doesn't matter how long you plan for it. The clothes don't matter. The place doesn't matter. The food doesn't oh, matter. Come on! Okay, the food matters. But what really matters is standing there beside the one you love for all the world to see. It takes guts, but it's worth it. You two are taking the first step towards lasting happiness. Trust me. Honestly, it feels like step six. this episode of Sharon Glassman's Novel with Songs, Blame It on Hoboken, available at SharonGlassmanLive.com. Today's episode features, in alphabetical order, Nina Raleigh as Ellen Allen, Malin Allen, Sharon Glassman as Carolyn Fallon Allen, and the narrator, Connor Magyar as the announcer, Ned Allen, Allen Allen, and Little Allie. The songs of Blame It on Hoboken are written by Sharon Glassman and produced by Eric Tureen. Join us next week, same time, same location, for another music-filled episode of Blame It on Hoboken. Blame It on Hoboken comes to you from Studio 2B or Not to Be in Longmont, Colorado, and is syndicated on the Longmont Campus.